What is going on, Pirate Nation? Welcome into the Sports Objective. We really appreciate everyone tuning in whenever and however you're watching or listening, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Spotify, Audio Boom, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, uh, any podcast platform that exists, uh, you can probably find us. And we're so glad that you've tuned in. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you listen to the show, and uh, make sure you ring the notification bell and uh, you know turn a, the alerts on so whenever we drop our latest episode and post new content that you'll be alerted on your device. Today we're going to be talking East Carolina Pirate football as our Dave Richmond and former Pirate linebacker Matt Semenza had the chance to catch up with East Carolina head coach Mike Houston on the morning of Wednesday, May the 4th. Uh, discussed a variety of topics, you know, things um, from what you would expect, roster and uh, positional breakdowns, but then also big picture topics within college football, NIL, um, the you know, the roster crunch, uh, getting back to 85 scholarships and, you know, adhering to that guideline uh, despite the additional year of eligibility being granted and uh, a whole lot more. Uh, so let's go ahead and not waste any time. And let's jump into that interview with East Carolina head coach Mike Houston right now. Very excited to have back with us the head football coach of East Carolina, Mike Houston. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Great. It was great to cover spring football. I don't want to say the word uh, relaxed, but you definitely seem to be a little bit more comfortable than when we first met you at the press conference December of 2018. Yeah, well, lots of things have changed since then. So uh, it uh, you know it has not been an easy road, uh, but it's been one that uh, we've been diligent with uh, you know kind of our, our reconstruction of the roster and and the program. And so you know as we sit here today, you know things things look a lot different than they did uh, back that uh, December day. And coach, one more thing I want to mention, not to bring out uh, tough names, but obviously with the bowl situation, I thought you had a nice touch. I wanted to compliment you and the staff and the athletic department. I really loved the after the, or the during the spring game when you gave the rings to the teammates uh, that they. I felt like they earned them. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's been well documented. It's been since 2014 that uh, you know the program has been bowl eligible. And certainly, you know, the kids have worked their tails off to earn the right to uh, to go to a bowl game this past year. And, you know, you hate that you got the uh, the opportunity to play Boston College taken away from you. I felt like we were we were poised to play really, really well in that game. Uh, so we just we felt like that it was very, um, you know, it, it was it was very appropriate that we reward uh, just the, you know, the efforts of the kids. Uh, with a with a ring recognizing the bowl bid. That's fantastic, Coach. I uh, really, really applaud you for that. And, um, you know, Coach, I, I wanted to ask you, and just, just kind of looking at your progression here as a coach, I mean, one of the – it's very evident. One of the things you really wanted to do at East Carolina was run the football. And, you know, it's well documented when you came here, the offensive line was really not where it needed to be, Coach. Um, sounds like by all accounts you're very pleased with the progress in spring ball. Um, Coach, can you just talk a little bit about the the progress this spring? And, um, you know, obviously we're still uh, waiting on a few additions as well on the O-line. Right. You know, it's, um, you know, it just, it really was not in very good shape that first year. And, you know, you just, we couldn't run the ball at all uh, in 19. And we really struggled to protect Holton. Uh, And so just really, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, being, being in a fight with one arm tied behind your back kind of deal. 
So uh, we, we worked very hard to develop that room. Uh, I'm really, really excited about the returning players we have in that room. Uh, I'm excited about some of the new additions. Uh, you know, you can never have enough quality offensive linemen. Uh, you know, it just always seems like things happen and uh, depth is always an issue. But we do feel like, you know, going into the summer that we have a very solid uh, quality too deep uh, with some young guys uh, in a third unit that I think will be uh, guys that will contribute in time. Coach, I want to talk about one of the things I know with uh, different reasons, wide receiver has been an issue, um, but I think uh, you've made, can you talk about, you've made some uh, nice additions to the wide receiver room. Can you talk about that? Right. Couldn't really prophesize, you know, kind of what happened uh, with a couple of kids, you know, post bowl game and, you know, Snead declaring for the draft and things like that. But, you know, the, the roster is to the point where we, you know, we expect to be highly competitive in the AAC, and you don't want a position to, you know, hold you back at all. So, uh, you know, we've been very deliberate and aggressive with, uh, you know, seeking out guys we think can help that room, uh, and we're really excited about the guys we've added. Uh, Isaiah Winstead, we only have him for one year, but, you know, I feel like he has an extremely high ceiling. He's a proven uh, receiver at the FBS level. Uh, and has done uh, has done well everywhere he's been. Uh, feel like he will come in and immediately be a, a you know a top guy in that room. Uh, Jarrett Gardner transfer from uh, Duke. Uh, obviously, Raquan Boyette has spent the last couple of years with him. Uh, he has great height, great speed, uh, really outstanding athlete. So, uh, feel like he uh, you know he will add uh, you know good length in that in that room. Uh, and then you could see us add uh, an additional guy here. Uh, before uh, before the summer gets started. Coach, I love what you did there in the portal. I think those were some great additions, uh, some some great size with those with those new players coming in. Um, one of the things that oftentimes gets overlooked um, is is the punt return game. You know, Tyler right. Smith was so reliable, as you know, Coach, so sure-handed. Um, has anybody really <laughs> jumped out at you in, in terms of the punt return game? Well, we you know we feel you know very confident in. Uh, Malik Fleming and Juwan Powell uh, and their abilities to, uh, you know, to give us a, a, a guy that has some uh, playmaking ability in the punt return, uh, you know, slot. Uh, you know, you, you might also see uh, uh, Josh Murphy uh, back there handling uh, punts as well. But uh, I thought all three of those guys, you know, had solid springs and, uh, you know, I hate Hate not having Tyler. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm as big a fan as there is of Tyler Sneed, but uh, we feel like we'll have solid guys there uh, next year. Coach, uh, one of the things I know you've talked about in recent days is uh, I often say dealing with NIL is like an old dog, <laughs> teaching the old dog new tricks. I know you've been made an emphasis of that. Can you talk to the fan base and uh, donors like myself and Matt that um, what do we need to do to step up to make that happen? <clears throat> Well, I think that the one thing is just impressing upon everyone that this is a factor in recruiting moving forward. Uh, this is a factor in, uh, you know, roster retention moving forward, uh, and it's something that we have to be very aggressive with uh, in order to continue to be competitive in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, you know, multiple schools in our conference uh, have already, uh, you know, put themselves in situations where, you know, they are, you know, significantly uh, assisting 
players on their rosters with NIL opportunities. So uh, it's something that you know anybody can anybody can be involved. Anybody can participate. You know, if it's if uh, if someone you know regionally uh, you know owns a business or uh, something along those lines, certainly you know any of our student athletes can can be a an, an endorser of that business. Uh, and can have an agreement uh, that would allow them to use their name and image likeness to, uh, you know, to profit from it in that manner. Uh, the other way that just, you know, regular fans uh, and supporters can be involved uh, is being a part of a, a collective. And so what a collective is, it's a group of donors that pool together money uh, that will be used uh, to, to assist uh student-athletes uh, with name and image likeness uh, opportunities. And those opportunities are limitless. Uh, and, you know, basically anything uh, that you would see a professional athlete or uh, a celebrity or anybody else uh, using, you know, their, their name and their image to endorse, uh, a student-athlete can do the same thing. So, uh, you know, these collectives are uh, at, at virtually every Power Five University and uh, you know multiple schools in our conference already, uh, and so it's something that uh, you know I'm just really encouraging our uh, you know our donors to get behind. Coach, I'll tell you, I don't know how you keep up with it, all the changes in college football over the last few years um, between the NIL, COVID. Um, talk to me a little bit about the the roster crunch. You know, I know it's it's obviously. <clears throat> Because of the COVID situation, it put um, you know programs across the country in sometimes a difficult spot where you had to sort of crunch down the numbers. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's you know at the NCAA, you know, I just I don't know what they've been doing the last couple of years with some of their decisions, and they just it's almost like they just you know make a decision and you know don't really look at the long term impacts. Uh, but you know what they did with giving everyone an extra year of eligibility, which is fine. But then, uh, you know, requiring all of us to get back down to 85 scholarships uh, for this season, uh, you know, it, it put us in situations where, uh, you know, you're just you're going to be over. Uh, and so it, uh, you know, roster wise and scholarship wise, and it's it's tough. Um, you know, we approached it. Uh, by just having honest conversations with our, you know, with our student athletes, uh, you know, telling them where they were on the depth chart, uh, you know, you know what what we saw for them long term, as far as opportunities to play here at East Carolina, uh, and then if 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 those student athletes chose to, you know, pursue something else where they might be able to get on the field quicker, uh, you know, we assisted them in finding, uh, you know. Homes, and it, and that's the big thing. So I just want to make sure that you know any player that you know leaves as a result of this uh, you know roster crunch that we're able to find them an opportunity to continue playing, continue to working towards getting a degree uh, because at the end of the day that's the number one deal. And coach, as far as the transfer portal is concerned, I know that uh, that's been it's, there's so many things as a head coach now. I know you love it, uh, but so many changes in the last couple of years uh, with as far as the transfer portal is concerned. How do you feel about that so far? Well, I think it's it's going to be you know name and image likeness, transfer portal, roster management. You know all of that has completely changed in the last two years. So uh, 
you know, moving forward, I think that, you know, you're going to see your signing classes go away from the traditional, you know, signing 25 high school kids. Uh, that's just not going to be the way it is anymore. Uh, you know, you're going to see, you know, a school like us, you know, next year right now we're tracking to have eight, eight seniors. So we're probably only going to sign 10 to 12 players total next year. Um, you'll probably see half those or maybe a smidge more be high school players. They're going to be really top-end guys. Uh, and then you'll see us continue to use the transfer portal as a way to um, add, to our, add to our roster, <clears throat> add to our roster and uh, continue to upgrade, you know, our, our ability on the field. <clears throat> Coach, um, just, just kind of changing uh, tunes a little bit here. Can you talk a little bit about um, Holt Naylor's and, 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 and I guess – what, what what we would call his progression um, as a quarterback this spring, and maybe some of the things that he's been working to improve on. Well, I think he's he had the best spring he's had since I've been here. Uh, I think he's playing as well right now as he's played. Uh, you know, the the big thing now is you know he knows the offense inside and out. So you know the the mental piece of it uh, is really really uh, his strong suit, and you know towards the end of the year, and certainly this coming year, you're going to see us put a lot on him at the line of scrimmage. And it's not going to be anything that will challenge him. It's just going to be give him a lot of flexibility at the line of scrimmage to make sure that we're in the right play, we're in the right route combination, uh, we make the right checks. Uh, you know, he has a firm command of the offense. Um, you know, physically, you know, he's trimmed down. He's down to about 220, which is the lightest he's been since I've been here. I thought he was moving with a lot of quickness and decisiveness, uh, you know, throughout the spring. Uh, I think he's throwing the ball with better velocity uh, and, a, and a little quicker release. He's tightened up his mechanics uh, on his throwing motion. So I think he's poised to really have a, a great senior year. Um, you know, it's we feel very, very good about uh, him. We feel very, very good about, you know, what's behind him. Uh, and so I think we're in a, a good place with the quarterback room. Coach, one of the things that Pirate Nation wants to know, and uh, I know that it's uh, maybe a difficult thing to talk about, is can you give us any update on the progress of CJ coming back on the team? Well, you know, CJ, I've laid out some things for him from the beginning. He's he's worked through some of the things he has to do to get reinstated. Um, he still has some, some things he has to, uh, you know, get adjusted, get fixed. Um, you know, so we'll see in the coming weeks, uh, you know, where that leaves him. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I I'm not going to allow one player to hold back the program. And so, uh, you know, the way we operate, uh, it's it's very clear. Uh, there's certain, you know, standards that uh, all of our uh, student athletes uh, and coaches, I mean, everyone, uh, you know, we expect them to perform at a certain level uh, on and off the field. Uh, and, you know, if, if we have someone that's not, uh, you know, not living up to those, those, those standards, then, you know, they're just not a part of us. So, you know, we'll see how he continues to progress, but, uh, you know, we're prepared, uh, to play September 3rd with or without him. Absolutely. Um, you know, coach, I, I recall when you were, when you were coaching at JMU and, and you came into Dowdy Fickle and I, I remember specifically how you used, how effectively you used the tight ends and, I know that was something you really wanted to um, 
incorporate into the offense here was the usage of the tight ends. Um, here we are, you know, three years later, and, and, and it seems like you have some, some really good options in that tight end room. Can you talk about those guys a little bit? Yeah, we're really excited about that group. Uh, that first year we had one tight end on the roster, and so uh, <laughs> you know, it was not uh, was not ideal, and he, and he was not the athlete that we have now. But, uh, we you know, we feel like we have, you know, two of the, I think, two of the better tight ends in the league in Ryan Jones and Shane Calhoun. Now, they're different. You know, they're – uh, nobody really in that room is is the same, which is great. You know, Ryan. Uh, you know, Ryan can do everything. You know, as, as a wing, as a as a almost kind of a H back fullback, uh, blocking all that stuff. Uh, and then you know he can split out wide, you know, the wide receivers position and and be a matchup nightmare for anybody. Uh, doesn't matter if you're a corner or a safety. You know, because he's such a big athletic guy. So you know, really like what he can do. Shane, uh, a little bit different. You know, Shane's more of the traditional tight end, really good receiver, has developed into a very solid blocker. Uh, so you're going to see us play those two guys together a lot. Uh, you're going to see us use Aaron Jarman and D'Angelo McKinney with those two guys a lot. You know, D'Angelo and Aaron are more of the, you know, inline, uh, you know, hand on the ground, you know, that kind of tight end, really good blockers. I'm really excited about how D'Angelo, you know, progressed this spring, you know, in, in, in the run game. So, you know, we're really excited about that room, and, and we think that we can use that room along with our wide receivers to, you know, be in a lot of different personnel groupings uh, and do a lot of, you know, different things, a lot of variety. Coach, I wanted to ask you as far as, uh, when it comes to the indoor practice facility, something that I know that we um, need, uh, what can we do to uh, to make that happen? We'd love to be able to help you and obviously the program out. Well, we need about twenty million dollars. <laughs> so I saw the I saw the uh, I saw the renderings yesterday. Uh, it really looks outstanding. Uh, so the you know the architects have uh, you know put together everything for us. Uh, you know we're we'll be you know sharing those with the public uh next week uh and really excited about uh you know that campaign kicking off we've already had significant uh discussions with uh many of our donors uh who are excited about contributing uh to the indoor practice facility uh you know you just, you never know what the final number is going to be as far as cost uh many people have you know told us they think we can do it for less than that uh, I just I know how construction is. I've, I've I've built enough houses and built enough things that uh, you know you always better plan to be a little bit higher than what uh, what they tell you on the on the front end. But uh, certainly it's you know it's been a need for over a decade, uh, and you know we're we're really you know behind a lot of a lot of institutions that uh, you know our fan base sees as as you know lesser institutions you know, as far as football programs, but we're behind facility wise. And so uh, it's something that uh, we need to get uh, completed as soon as possible. Coach, uh, I, I can recall Steve Logan back in the 90s talking about this. <laughs> the yeah, well, okay. two, de- two decades. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on forever. So I'm really hoping that this can get done for you because I know what it's like to have wasted practices where you just can't get anything right. done. Yep. Uh, so I'm just really, you know, hopefully Pirate Nation can really step up and, and, and support this, this, this goal of getting that done for you. Cause I know it makes a huge difference. Coach, I have one final question. I appreciate your time. I know that uh, you're very busy, but wanted to end uh, 
interview about uh, the schedule. Uh, crazy, one question I had for you uh, before we talk about schedule. Can we just have the folks that have the RVs to leave their RVs in the parking lots? Because four straight Saturdays, the gas price is up. I just thought that maybe that would be good for, uh, for the fan base. <laughs> well, we're... You know, we're, it's, it's probably going to be a boost to the Greenville economy for the month of uh, September, but it's probably going to hurt the, uh, you know, the economy down in Moorhead City and Atlantic Beach. But, uh, you know, we're excited. We're excited to be at home for the month of September. Uh, excited to start off with uh, the schedule that we have. Um, you know, you're going to have a, a, a nationally top ten ranked NC State team who they're talking about the college football playoff. Uh, you know. So you're going to have a team like that as the home opener. So, uh, you know, it should be a, just a, a, a great opponent. Uh, and I would expect a, a sold-out stadium. Uh, you know, if if, uh, if there's anything less, it would be very disappointing. But uh, it's a challenging schedule. You know, the American Athletic Conference will be, you know, strong once again this year. Uh, in addition to NC State, we, you know, we go on the road late in the season against BYU, which will probably be a top 15-ranked uh, team preseason. Uh, you have ODU and Campbell at home, uh, which will, which will be you know challenging challenging games right there. You know ODU was bowl bowl eligible last year, finished on a, I think like a five five game win streak in the regular season. So uh, you know it's a, it's a great slate of home games, seven home games. Uh, so it's good to be you know slanted our way as far as home and away. Uh, but uh, you know just really excited about uh, you know the matchups. I want to remind fans to get your tickets, season tickets, at 1-800-DOW-ECU, ecupirates.com. You can go online. Coach, thank you so much. Appreciate it, and looking forward to talking to you again real soon. I appreciate you guys having me on. There you have our conversation with East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on wherever you listen to the show. On social media, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at the Sports OBJ. On Instagram, it's at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to ring that notification bell so you'll be alerted on your device when we drop new content. Uh, also, you know, be sure to order your East Carolina football season tickets. Uh, we're right around 13,500 season tickets sold. Uh, so within five to 600 of where we were in 2021 and wanting to at least get to the 15,000 mark. Uh, but let's not stop there, Pirate Nation. Let's get up. Around seventeen or eighteen thousand uh, is certainly very attainable, and uh, we need to do that if we want this program to get to where we want it to be. Also, you need to join the Pirate Club if you love East Carolina athletics and East Carolina University. Um, you know, support the Pirate Club. And go to ecupirateclub.com or you can call 252-737-4540 to make your donation today. Um, we, we need all hands on deck. We need folks contributing to the Pirate Club, you know, for the first time ever. And uh, maybe you've been a donor in the past to the Pirate Club. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, you have not been on board over the last several years. Uh, we, we need you back into the fold so East Carolina Athletics can accomplish what it wants to accomplish. And we can all, you know, be proud of our Pirates moving forward. But uh, for Dave Richmond, Matt Semenza, and Kyle Barber, I'm Bubba Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to The Sports Objective. And as always, folks, go Pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah.